Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. You are listening right now to a message from Zoe Church. We are in part two of a series that we're in called Messy. We're trying to bring clarity and comfort to relationships that have been chaotic or confusing. As always, thank you to everyone that subscribes, comments, shares, Thank you so much for being on the journey with us. And if you are listening and a part of Zoe family from outside of Los Angeles, make sure that you come and stop by and see us in person soon. But we're going to jump in right now, John chapter 13, and hear this week's message about making sense out of relationships. We're going to go to the scriptures. Watch Jesus here in John 13. Watch what he says to us. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So in other words, Jesus is saying, how will anyone know that you're a Christian? By your Spotify playlist? By your bumper sticker? by your bio on social media? No, it will not be anything exterior. Your relationships actually are the calling card to whether you're a follower of the way or not. He said, the way people will know that you follow me is if you have healthy relationships. By the way, healthy relationships are contrived of healthy individuals committed to making the relationship healthy. See, I used to think that healthy relationships We're just the result of two healthy people. But even if you have one healthy person and the other person's healthy, that doesn't mean the relationship will be healthy. No, it's two healthy people saying we want to build a healthy relationship. The happiest people in the world. It has nothing to do with their car, their house, or their vacations. The happiest people in the world, it has everything to do with their relationships. And if you have healthy relationships, you'll live a happy life. Who here wants to live a happy life? Come on, so we got to work on our relationships. I want to preach a message today. Write down the titles. It's it's these three, three words, dynamics, dealings, and determination. Dynamics, dealings, and determination. By the way, Jesus was not the first person to address relationships. If you read the book of Proverbs or even the book of Psalms, all throughout the Psalms and the Proverbs, we're dealing with relationships. Let me just show you four of them before we get into dealings, dynamics, and determination. Look at this, this one in Proverbs 18, 19. Avoid arguments. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Like, I'm not going to argue with Julia about the baby dedications. I asked her if she wanted to say something. She said, no, I'll just pray. And then she switched it. I'm not going to argue. You guys can do that. Do you think I look dumb? Yes, don't answer that question. By the way, I showed up to church today, and the first person I saw was Jody Lee. She's like, oh my gosh, I almost wore that vest. And I was like, wow. Then I walked a few feet, and I seen this other girl in our church. One of the service coordinators goes, oh my gosh, I almost wore that vest. Then I walked a few more feet, and I saw Lindsay Bowers, and she goes, oh my gosh, I almost wore that vest. I was like, okay, fine. Avoid arguments at all costs. Who chose the vest? Julia. I'm not getting into it. Proverbs 17, 19, love prospers when a fault is forgiven. I forgive you. 
but dwelling on it separates close friends. Proverbs 19.11, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is glory to overlook an offense. Look at this, Psalm 41.19. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. All throughout the Bible, it teaches us and shows us how to navigate relationships. Now, it has been said, the only thing constant in relationship is change. Why are your relationships always changing? Because you are always changing, and people are always changing. So the only thing that you can bank on in your relationship is that the relationship is going to change. It's going to evolve. Some people, by the way, are changing for the better. And how many know some people are changing for the worse? And you ever, you ever, you ever see somebody going like, ah, relationships, ah, they're hard because, you know, right now I'm just a mess. Have you ever said this about yourself? After the third person that said this is the best, I said, I'm a mess. And when you're a mess, it makes the relationship messy. So we got to know that relationships require our full attention for them to be healthy relationships require work. I'm going to just break down these three things to you. Here's the first one. The first one is relationships have dynamics. And I love that we're using the word dynamic right there because in Acts chapter 1 verse 9, when Jesus said, wait here before you go start my church because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. The Greek word that he used there with power is the Greek word dunamai. That God literally said, I'm going to give you a dynamic power on the inside. So the first dynamic we have is a dynamic between us and the Holy Spirit. A dynamic between us and God. We should have a dynamic relationship with Jesus. Come on, clap today if you want to have a dynamic relationship with God. So we have all kinds of dynamics. You know, it's like I have a dynamic that works, a dynamic that's good, a dynamic that's healthy. We all want to have dynamics like, you know, Shaq and Kobe before they split. <clears throat> um, but you want to have dyna good dynamics, healthy dynamics, happening, positive. We want good vibes. It's nothing worse than when the dynamic goes sideways, when the dynamics change. We want, to, we want to do our best to have dynamics that are healthy. These are not good boundaries here. You should not be texting this late. That's a word for somebody. No one should be sliding anywhere, let alone the DMs. Just a, just a good resolve in life. Stop sliding. Stop sliding. Unless we're at a wedding doing the electric, don't slide. But we want good dynamics. Watch what the Bible teaches us. Ephesians, look at this in Ephesians 4. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So how do you get your dynamics? How do you get your relationships to be dynamite? It is more about you than it is them. See, I'd love to play the blame game. The only problem is that I am the common denominator in all my problems. I am involved in all of my issues. And every relationship takes two to tango. 
And so I've got to do my best to make positive interactions. I was having coffee with someone recently, and they said, you know, it's interesting that they say for every one negative interaction, you have to have five that nullify that negative interaction for the relationship to go back to dynamic. He said, but you know, I was reading, and interestingly enough, if a relationship has 10 great positive dynamic interactions, and it has one negative, if the relationship's only positive with never a negative, it's going to be hard for that relationship to flourish. In other words, you find me in any relationship and you're going to have conflict. You're going to have disagreement. You're going to have disappointment. You're going to have problems. We talked about it last week in Proverbs. Where there are no oxen, the trough is clean. We talked about this joke last week. Diddy says, more money, more problems. The Bible says, more people, more problems. The more relationships, the more friendships, the more dynamics at play, the harder it is. And most of us go, these dynamics with my friends and dynamics with my family and dynamics with my coworkers are too much. I don't want to deal, so I'll just go away. God has created you to be able to handle all your dynamics. And all throughout the Bible, there's dynamics relationally. By the way, our model, our perfect, our perfect standard is Jesus. Watch the dynamics of Jesus. He has a mother and father that lose him. He was in the church, but he has a mother and father. He's got real siblings. He's got sibling rivalry at play. Could you imagine being Jesus's little brother or sister? Yeah, right. Okay, so he's got siblings. He's got he's got he's got uh, people that are underneath his leadership. The disciples. He's got someone that betrays him. He's got someone that 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 pretends like he they don't know him. He's got all kinds of dynamics, and yet he's got people that hate him. He's got people that don't believe in him. He's got people that he sits with to have meals that don't vote like him, talk like him, act like him, or look like him. So if Jesus could handle a plethora of dynamics. You can handle dynamics, but most of us, we go, this is, I'm dealing with family stuff and I'm dealing with, with my spouse and, and, and my cohort, my boss, and it's just all too much. And I'll just go home and I'll just hide. You know, it's not even an option for you. God created you to do two things. God first created you to worship. That's why the Bible teaches in Romans chapter one, if you don't worship God, you will worship a person because no matter what you're going to worship. So if your worship doesn't go here, it will land somewhere else. So the first thing you were created to do is worship. You're a worshiper by nature. That's why the uh, people that don't know God, they are worshiping. They're just not worshiping our maker. And then, and then in addition, God, the first guy he creates is a guy named Adam. And he sees Adam, and the first time he looks at him, he says, it is not good that this guy's alone. So he creates Eve, and he creates in man and woman the desire for connectivity, that we are created for each other. You and I need, we need relationship. If there's anything the last two years has taught us is that we crave community. We crave relationships. So I don't know how overwhelmed you are by the dynamics, but we've got to forgive each other. We've got to be tenderhearted. We've got to speak well of each other. We've got to love people for God, his will to be done in our life. Here's the second one is dealings. We're dealing. There's dealings. Look at Ephesians 4, 25. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin 
by letting anger control you. Watch this. And don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now, watch the Bible's teaching us. So there's dynamics, and then you're called to deal. You have a problem? Welcome to the club. You got an issue with someone? Who doesn't? But the Bible says, don't let the sun go down unless the enemy gets a foothold in your marriage, gets the foothold in a friendship, gets the foothold of the coworker. See, what happens is there's this old song that says, shut the door, keep out the devil. If I could sing, I definitely would right now. But I'm in a sweater vest. You guys get it. Why is, why is God saying, deal with things quickly? The other day, um, th- this, this, this guy, I was playing golf with his buddy, and, um, and we were all betting who could hit this putt. You know, we, we, you know, hey, who can make this putt? And I got lucky, and I made the putt. Now, I, I'm an unskilled, very terrible golfer, but I made this putt. And this, my buddy got, brings his five bucks up, and he's giving me this five bucks. I go, come on, stop. You cannot give me five. I don't need, we're kidding around. He goes, no, no. He, watch what he says. He says, no, no, fast money makes fast friends. And I said, I've never heard that before, but okay, sounds good to me. I immediately thought of everyone I need to Venmo. Oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. But what, what, he's, what, he's, what he's teaching us in life is deal with things quickly. You know, the, the Bible says, parents, listen to this one, Ecclesiastes. The Bible teaches us parents. It says, unless the sentence against an evil deed is executed quickly, therefore the sons of the heart of men are given over to do evil. Let me translate that for you. Unless you discipline quickly, your kid's heart will get over, be given over to do evil things. So the Bible, it's a principle in the Bible. Deal with things quickly. Don't have long accounts. Like if you're sitting here and you've got offenses from 2016 or 2020, that's on you. No, no, don't let the enemy get a foothold. You got to deal with stuff. You got to get that awkward coffee. Get that awkward convo. You got to get things off your chest. You got to, you got to talk to somebody. You got to, and by the way, when you do that, don't be awkward. Don't be awkward. The other day I was preaching at a conference and I just got done. I got off stage. I mean, I poured out my, I gave everything I got to this conference. I'm still, my heart rate's like going, right? And I get off the stage and we're about to, you know, be done with the service. And this guy walked up to me, got real close to me. He goes, I got to apologize to you. And I was like, hold on, bro. What, I, what happened? He's like, man, I was wrong about you. I was like, okay, this is a lot. He's like, I thought you were a fraud, a phony, a fake, a false prophet. But man, you showed me something today. I believe in you. I was like, thanks, buddy. I'm out of here. This is not the time to deal with this. Get back into your basement blog and deal with it. You don't have to be awkward to deal with stuff. But you got to deal with things head on. See, the problem is, watch this. If you don't deal with your mess, if you don't deal with your problems, it will lead you, if you give the enemy a foothold, it will lead you into dark places. 
Oh, I'm thinking about Elijah in the Bible. If you don't know Elijah, Elijah's this great prophet. He does this one thing that's like, it's the Super Bowl of prophets. He calls down God, destroys hundreds of false prophets. I mean, you would think that spiritually, this guy's the man. Like, wow, how could someone so spiritual have any problem relational? By the way, if you're strong physically, that doesn't make you strong relationally. And if you're strong emotionally, that doesn't make you strong spiritually. So spiritually, this guy's the man. He's crushing it. But right after he gets done killing it, he gets word that this lady named Jezebel wants to kill him. Jezebel wants to destroy him. And Jezebel basically operates in two things. She's controlling and manipulative. Have you ever had a relationship that was controlling or a relationship that was manipulative? So all of a sudden he gets word of this and he bails. He goes away and he hides in a cave. Watch what God says to him in 1 Kings 19. It says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. And then he went alone in the wilderness and traveling all day, he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life for I'm no longer better than my ancestors who have already died. Elijah, you're saying because Jezebel don't like you, you want to die? I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Because that lady has the power over you to make you suicidal? You gotta deal with that. You gotta deal with that. You gotta deal with that. See, we just we wanna, it's that old saying, you're either gonna fight or flight. And you gotta just make a decision. Will I deal with the problems in my relationships? Will I deal with these issues in my home? Will I deal with the problem that I have with because if you want to have long-lasting friendships, you're going to have to make the decision to stick close no matter what. And the problem is most of us, we're like, as soon as it gets messy, as soon as there's conflict, one bad comment, I'm out. And aren't, aren't you tired of starting over? Because you realize everywhere you go, you go. So at some point, all these dynamics have got to turn into all these dealings. And we got to deal with the mess. The last one, and the third point today, write down number three, is you got to have some determination. You got to have some determination. See, because we can't just look the other way. One of my favorite things about the story, if you don't know anything about the scriptures, is a story about the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan story is this amazing story. It's about three different individuals. The last one is a Good Samaritan. But the first two guys that walk by the mess, they just avoid it. In fact, just read from the scriptures here in Luke chapter 10. It says, Jesus answered by telling a story. He said, there was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes and beat him up and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his, luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road. But when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite, religious man, showed up. He also avoided the injured man. I wonder how many of us have just seen the issue, seen the problem, and we're like, I just don't want to deal with it. I know I need to have a convo. I know I need to apologize. I know I did something wrong. I know I betrayed trust. I know I gossiped. I know I hurt their feelings, and I just want to avoid it. No, you've got to develop from your dynamics to your dealings some determination. 
And the determination is, you know what? I'm going to make this right. You know what? I'm going to forgive right here. You know what? I'm going to deal with this fallout. I'm not going to just sidestep. I'm not going to avoid. I don't want to be known as a person that has a bunch of messes. I want to be known for having relationship. Jesus says the way people will know that you're a follower is not by your bio. It's by the way that you get into the trenches and you deal with your mess. That's the way people go, wow, you're real. You're authentic. See, because no one knows that Zoe, if Zoe is a good church based upon our worship. Oh, if you come into the service, you think we are the most perfect, holy people in the world. Oh, Jesus, we love you. You're amazing. You're incredible. We love our sweaters. The test is not in worship. The test is in parking lots. The test is in group chats. The test is in dinners. You're going to have determined. By the way, this is the gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus wanted a dynamic relationship with you. So he came to deal with your sin. And he was determined. Oh, he was determined to get up on that cross and to die for your sin and for your shame and for your everlasting life. Is there anybody thankful today that the Bible teaches us in Romans 5, yet while we were still a mess, yet while we were still broken, yet while we were still sinners, Christ said, I will deal with it. I'll be determined. Though they maim me and shame me, though they put a crown of thorns upon my brow, even if they bruise my back, even if they hang me on a cross, I will die for you because I'm determined to be in relationship. Where has your determination gone? Where has your determination to love your friends and love your church and to love your family gone? If you don't get some, you're going to lose all. I just think some of us overlook the fact that your future is tied up to your relationships. And we're always looking for new friends. Maybe God wants you to be faithful to some old friends. It's like the thing about love. Everybody loves new love. What about old love? You can argue in front of your church. You can wear a sweater vest on Sunday. It's beautiful. You guys, you're missing out. Look at what the Bible teaches us here about determination. I love this scripture. Matthew 7 Verse 12, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Last scripture, Romans 12, verse 18. If it is possible. Now, what I'm not saying is that if someone abuses you, someone has hurt you to a degree that is completely evil, fix it. No, 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 no. Run. Run. And we can pray for them and we can believe God's going to heal them of their issues. I'm talking about relationships where maybe there's been shallowness in you. Maybe there's been immaturity. Maybe you don't know how to deal. You're overwhelmed with dynamics and no one ever modeled how to deal with stuff. You got to make a commitment and a determination to bring healing, to bring forgiveness, to bring grace. I just love this. Romans 12, verse 18. If it is possible, as much as depends on you. So watch this. There is a requirement that's on you. Is the mess all your fault? Absolutely not. 
Are you 100% responsible? No, it takes two to tango. So are you, are you such a bad person? No. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Did you know that that verse is speaking of Jesus? He is determined to stick close to you even when you want to leave him. Our God says, never will I leave you, never will I abandon you, never will I forsake you. You can try and get rid of God, God would never try and get rid of you. The Bible teaches us when you are faithless, he remains faithful. And God loves you. He, he loves you with a determination. He's determined. You get into a messy spot. If you're like, I'm a mess. God's like, don't worry. I'll leave all the church people. I'll go find you in the ditch. I will pull you out, put you on my shoulders. I'll bring you back to my presence. It's the best place for you. Come on, clap today. If you're grateful that Jesus is determined to love you, if you're grateful that Jesus is determined to heal you, if you're grateful that Jesus has decided to reconcile and redeem and restore and renew and revive, come on, clap today if you're grateful that he said, I'll never give up on you. It's that same spirit. It's that same spirit that overwhelms us. That he says, the way I love you, I want you to love others. The way I treat you, I want you to go treat others. I know it's radical. I know it's generous. I know it doesn't make logical sense. But it's the way I want you to love people. Love my people. Be, be an ambassador. Be a conduit. Be a representative. I need somebody that will be my feet. I need somebody that will be my mouth. I need somebody that will be my hands. I know it's got crazy dynamics. I know it's got crazy different determinations nations. But if you do it, you'll be fulfilled. See, the problem is so many of us, we've got relationships that are broken with our parents or family or friends. And, oh, we just go, ah, oh, people, ah, oh. most people, they're like, I don't go to church. How come you don't go to church? The people. I'm sorry. The best thing about church is people. Man, I would love church if it wasn't for the people. Wait, what? Last time I checked, the best thing about Zoe, I mean, God bless the worship team today. They're killing it. God bless the production team. We're live from the Million Dollar Theater. God bless the coffee team. They're pouring over for Christ. God bless the kids team. They wear blue shirts like we have some Smurfs for Jesus. God bless the parking lot team. They're trying to get you out, get you, you know, to your lunch as fast as possible. But the best part about church is people. And I get concerned for you. So if you don't recognize that, you're going to, oh, it's messy. It's messy. What if you loved it? What if you changed your perspective to say, I'm not intimidated by a bunch of dynamics? I'm not overwhelmed by what I have to deal with because I've got a determination. The way that Jesus loves me, I'm choosing to love others. Not going to be like the first two guys in the Good Samaritan story where I'm just like, whoa, that's on them. They got problems. They got issues. They got addictions. They got, whoo, they're not in a good place. They're clearly, oh, they are out of their, did you see what they posted? They are not well. You know that people have said that about you? You know, people have stood from a distance and be like, clearly they are not well. How do you know they're not well? They fought in front of the church in front of everybody. 
he wears women's sweaters vests. You don't think that's an issue? Life is messy. And if you are so holy, so pristine, and so clean that you don't want to deal with the mess, you just have never got a glimpse of God's love. Because God's love is full of stain and mud. See, I think when the prodigal son ran down that street, the father went running down that dirt road towards him. And the father didn't get to the son and be like, oh, that pig. Hey, guys, let's get this guy cleaned up real fast because I got a hug coming on this guy. It's overwhelming. And let's get him cleaned up because I want to bring out the robe. No, even in this mess, God loved him. Even in this problem, God was there. Come on, anybody thankful today that though I am a mess, my maker loves me and heals me and showers me and redeems me and shows up for me. Come on, Zoe, give him a clap of praise if you're grateful for the love of Jesus.